Democracy Speaks. I'm your host, Cindy Black, and today I'm speaking with Diane Turner and Ann Miller from the Meaningful Movies Project. So before the break, we were discussing the various uh, Meaningful Movies chapters and how those get started and how they work. Now let's get into content and the kind of films and documentaries that you show. Can you talk a little bit about that? What, what, how do you choose films? So, again, I just uh, would like to say that every venue is choosing their own films. Okay. So, um, the venues, we don't provide a selection of films that they have to choose from. They're mm-hmm. actually going out and deciding what films fit with their interests and the interests of their communities. So, I can just talk about, um, you know, some of the various uh, films that we've shown. And we show films about all sorts of topics, race, gender, economics, environment, food, but some recent ones um, that I can just uh, speak briefly about. Um, In West Seattle, uh, we recently showed Trickle Downtown, uh, which is a film about homelessness in Seattle. And the director, Tomasz Birnecki, and I apologize if I mispronounce um, any of the names, uh, attended that film showing event. And I know that there was a a really large turnout and a lot Mm -hmm. of interest and... um, and people are. And so he's a local filmmaker. Local filmmaker, yeah. and people are so concerned about this issue. It's something that Seattle is really struggling with, and we need to find ways to support our homeless mm-hmm. communities. And um, so that was, a, I think, a, a really beautiful film ad- event. Um, another one, just to again, I'm speaking of ones that are in the Seattle area, since uh, your radio station mostly just reaches Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, 500 Years Life in Resistance was shown uh, not that long ago on Beacon Hill, and that highlighted the trial of the Guatemalan dictator Efren Rios Mott uh, for genocide against the country's indigenous Maya population in the 1980s. Um, and also talked about the, uh, the popular uprising that followed the trial. So and the that, documentaries can be historical, yeah, historical too. Absolutely, yeah. and that was uh, that film event was actually shown in association with El Centro de la Raza and the Seattle Public Library, and also Chapines in Seattle. So some upcoming films uh, in you know the area in Seattle area, in Mount Baker on November 29th, uh, we're going to be showing the film Happy, which is a joyful look at the science behind what makes us happy, um, and there will be a speaker from Yes Magazine, uh, who will be providing free issues of their latest mental health issue, and we're super excited because we have uh, a new agreement with Yes Magazine where they will be able to help you know provide some of their um, back copy issues to our audience members, Great. which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, we love that. We love that very positive magazine. In Wallingford on December 8th, uh, they'll be showing the music of strangers, Yo-Yo Ma and the Silk Road Ensemble. So uh, the Seattle Labor Chorus is going to attend and provide some live singing. So that's an exciting film event that's coming up. And then in uh, Wedgwood on December 14th, um, uh, they're showing Consuming Kids, the commercialization of childhood. And I forgot a really important one. On December 6th, we're showing the people versus the politicians um, with the support and, the, and actually in collaboration with Fix Democracy First. So we're really excited about that, Cindy. Yep, and, and we'll have Hedrick Smith, Hedrick who's Smith. the filmmaker who will be here that day at the Rainier Arts Center on yes. December 6th from 7 to yeah. 9. 
And people can find out about all of our films on our website, meaningfulmovies.org, and can also find about all of our past screenings. So, um, and can look and search by particular neighborhoods so they can find out what has been shown and what is being planned to show in their neighborhood. Oftentimes our venues are can be last minute about putting information up on the website. Again, this is an all-volunteer organization, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, eventually it does get up there so folks can find out about what's going on. And that's exciting. So how um, so how are the venues selecting films? Like, And then you talked about dealing with licensing fees and copyright material. You have to deal with all of that. So how does that all work? You said that the different chapters will pick their films. So how do they know where to find films? Where do they find them? Mm-hmm. So sometimes the venues will um, share information with each other. So if one venue shows a film, others will see it on the website. That might be one way that they can see it. But they also find films that they're just interested in. So um, so just re- doing their own research? Relatively. Some, some of it's uh, their own research. Some of it is, you know, we do have relationships with particular film vendors. And so um, they might go to one of those film vendors and see what social justice documentaries are available. So that's one way to choose films. But oftentimes, you know, there are... Uh, venues that are actually looking at, you know, where which social justice film festivals have had awards and and um, what films have been recommended. So that, that's another way that people find out about the films. And filmmakers themselves will contact us via the yeah. website mm-hmm. and say, "I have this film. Would you be willing to show it?" And in fact, Trickle Downtown was one of those. That local filmmaker, mm-hmm. um, he contacted me through the website, and then I provided his information to all the venues. And then West Seattle's the first one that stepped up and said they wanted to show mm-hmm. it, so they did. Mm-hmm. I think it's so. Showing- you will sometimes share information about a film, and then let the chapters decide if they want to show it. Definitely, often. all the time, often. all yeah. the time. Yeah. 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 And you know, I think that. Uh, what is really important is that each of the venues do look at what their communities are concerned about and they show films related to those issues. And then, um, you know, there's there's so many great documentary films out there. I, you know, in the Mount Baker venue with our little film committee, um, we wished that we had the energy to show films every week like they used to do. Because you're showing Longford. films about most chapters do like monthly yeah, showings. so that's right. what we show 10 a, a year in the Mount Baker neighborhood. I think that's maybe typical. Um, sometimes there's a few that are months that are off, uh, yeah. December, uh, or August. Or in the and summer. summer yeah. In the summer, but, yeah. um, but generally it's monthly for most of the venues. So uh, one of the great things is that, you know, because of our relationships with distributors and producers and filmmakers, we're often afforded lower prices for the films. So that's a benefit of working, you know, with the... And you're able to negotiate that mm-hmm. through the, the project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, people love our mission. They they really believe in it. So people are... Um, and when I see people like the vendors and others really want to find ways for us to show those films at a price that is affordable to our all-volunteer donation-based venues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, they know that we can't afford a, a huge screening fee, and, and most of the time we can negotiate um, something that's affordable for the venues. Well, that makes sense. If you're a filmmaker and you show and you made this documentary, you want to get it out there, right? Absolutely. So why not use a venue like Meaningful Movies Project to get your movie out there, right, right? and right. get more people yeah. to see it? Right. Yeah, and I mean, we pay screening rights because, number one, legally, we want to, you know, be legal about this. But the other thing is, especially with these small local, or or not just local, but independent filmmakers, they don't make a lot of money on, hardly any of them cover their cost. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes these filmmakers will say, 
you just show it for free. I just want to get the message out there. Yeah. We still try to make some kind of a donation to them. We want them to remain sustainable so that they can continue to make good documentaries that then we can show. So yeah. we're doing it for the two reasons, the legal reason as well as to sustain the filmmakers. Oh, absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. So some of the local filmmakers, um, I'll just mention a few. So Mark Dworkin and Melissa Young, uh, who pr uh, directed The Good Food and also Shift Change. And then and many others. Uh, and many others. Uh, John Gusman um, uh, did Return of the River, Tim Matsui, The Long Night, uh, Tom Tomaj Bernecki, as we mentioned, Trickle Downtown. So those are just a few examples of some local filmmakers that have, um, you know, been a part of the work that we've been doing and have come to speak at film events. And so we just are incredibly appreciative of our mm -hmm. uh, local film, film industry right mm -hmm. here in, you know, the Pacific Northwest. And but also across the country, you know, people find good films and want to show them. So we're, we're excited that we have venues where these social justice documentaries can be shown to yeah. a larger audience. Well, if there's any documentary filmmakers listening out there and you want to share your project, um, contact Meaningful Movies Project. So um, do you have films available for people to use outside the regular Meaningful Movie screenings, like a film library that people can borrow, check out? We do. We probably have, well, easily over a thousand titles wow. in our That's a library. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, we've been doing this 16 years. And like we said earlier, the, the Wallingford venue, we used to do it every Friday night. So we have a lot of great films. Um, we started a lending library for free, a lending library, oh gosh, probably about 10 years ago. And so um, people can borrow them uh, for free. Um, if they want to make a donation, that's great, but uh, they're available to borrow. And then we just ask that they be returned so they can be shared with others. We have a list on the website. If you look at Lending Library on the website, you'll see the list there. It's not a very sophisticated list, but you can do a search if you're looking for a title or a subject. Yeah, just contact us via the um, the website, and we'll mm -hmm. be able to make arrangements for you to come by and pick it up. So pretty informal process. Oh, yeah, that very. People just contact you and say, you know, I want to check out or borrow this film for whatever, yep. and uh, you just lend it out to them. Yep, we and, do, yeah, and, and trust that they'll return it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when people borrow the film, um, can they show it publicly, or is it just for their use? How does that work? No, it is just for their own personal use, which means in their living room with them, you know, themselves or family, maybe a friend or two. But no, anytime it's being shown in a public venue, that does require obtaining a license to do that. And our, our DVDs are loaned without that kind of a license, so they would have to pursue that on their own if that's what they want to sure. do. And I'm happy to help them if that's what they want to do, is to figure out how to get a license to show it. In and start a, a meaningful movies venue. And, <laughs> and I do encourage them, <laughs> if they want to keep doing it, to actually become a Meaningful Movies venue, but yeah, but I'm happy to help them case by case, one time, you know, to help them get the license. Great. So with the many documentary films you've shown over the years, um, I want to kind of see from both of you, do you have like a favorite film or a moment that you remember that really sticks with you? You know, for me, there were just so many. Um, Rick would create these amazing events. Um, uh, not every not every time he did it, but uh, there were so many of these absolutely amazing events. But one of them that really sticks in my mind, it was a movie called Sweet Dreams. And it was about um, this group of Rwandan women that 
came together after the, I think it was the 1994 genocide. And they knew that they needed to do something to try to rebuild their economy because it was totally in shambles. And they also formed a, um, a drumming group that was made up of women from both sides of the conflict. And so it was an interesting thing for them to undertake to do that and part of the reconciliation process after that war. Well, they work with some company in, I think, in New York who helps them create an ice cream business in Rwanda. Mm -hmm. And so Rick arranged for a professional drumming group to come out and perform. We also arranged for a donation of ice cream from Snoqualmie Ice Cream. They were actually, I found out when I contacted them to see if they could uh, make a donation of ice cream to this event, they were one of the sponsors of the film. Really? The and you SIF. didn't know that I at the time? I didn't know that. Wow. I didn't know that at the time. So they were more than happy mm -hmm. to make a donation of ice cream. So anyway, it was in mid-September, I think it was 2014, and we had the drummers outside uh, on the lawn in front of the church venue in Wallingford, which is where our Wallingford one is. And those drummers were playing while people were eating ice cream. Some people were dancing on the lawn. And then we went inside to watch the film. And it's a tough film to watch because there are scenes in there of the genocide. Um, but then it, um, you know, it talks about these women and the struggles they go through. Uh, starting this business and their drumming is just amazing and then after the film we had a, a discussion a short discussion and then this professional drumming group had brought lots of extra drums and so we all there were about a hundred there were about 200 people that came and watched wow. the film it was a big one and about half of them stayed for the drum circle that we then did afterwards and to see these people pick up one of these drums in that circle and drum along with the leader, I have never seen people just smiling and feeling so good about what they were doing at that time. It was just a magical moment for me watching that happen. Yeah, what a great so, story. Yeah. It's a great story. I like that. Yeah. How about you, Ann? Do you have a, a story or a favorite film that you've seen? Uh, so yeah, we you know the Mount Baker venue has been around for about three years, and that's where I've been volunteering. I still volunteer there, and um, so I think now we've shown close to thirty films. Our third year anniversary is actually going to be the showing of Happy that I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. which is going to be on November twenty ninth, and we're going to have cake for that. So folks should come to that. And that should make but, happy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, in I think it was last May we showed Traces of the Trade, um, and the Mount Baker. Meaningful Movies team partnered with the conversation about race and equity team from Mount Baker to show this film, which explores some really, really tough questions, um, such as, you know, what is the full story of the northern slave trade? We always talk about the southern, um, you know, issue with slavery, but um, it was also a, a northern issue. What responsibility does white America bear for the past wrongs and also for the, the current legacy of slavery? Um, also, you know, why is it so difficult for black and white Americans to just have conversations about race and slavery? And we also talked about the importance of reparations. But at that film event, we had over 90 people who came, which for um, our venue um, is was a, a really good attendance. And close to 70 people stayed for the discussion period after the film. And we had some great speakers and organizations who also 
were present, including Delbert Richardson, who set up a traveling historical exhibit with artifacts from the slave trade, um, which was fascinating, yeah. And L.A. DeWolf Hale, who is featured in the film, actually. Um, And the film's about, I think, it's it's a bit older. I think it's probably 10 years old now. Um, But she was able to talk about her, her grief, her ongoing grief about her family's history of slave ownership and being a part of that really horrible part of our history, you know. That was wonderful. And we also had Aisha Hauser. Um, She's uh, one of the leaders of the conversations about race and equity group. She's an educator and activist, and she um, helped to facilitate the group discussion um, during that time. So it was a beautiful event, a really uh, incredible discussions among all of the different groups and, and people exploring issues about race and privilege and, and how do we how do we learn to care for each other better? You know, how do we care not just for our family and our, you know, our friends and our neighbors, but also for people who live anywhere, whether it's, you know, our, our, our backyard or across the globe? Like, mm-hmm. how, do we, how do we actually help people? How do we live in a different way of being together? Yeah. You're listening to Democracy Speaks. I'm your host, Cindy Black, and I'm speaking with Diane Turner and Ann Miller from the Meaningful Movies Project. What's next for the Meaningful Movies Project? Do you have any, you mentioned some new chapters coming your way, um, but are there any other new projects or ideas floating around? What's happening next? Sure. Well, we've had some exciting things that have happened just this, you know, in the last couple of months. Uh, For instance, um, we uh, just agreed upon a memorandum of understanding with the Social Justice Film Festival and um, the new Social Justice Film Institute. And so we're really excited to have established that strategic partnership to expand both our organization's social justice films and also to, to provide, again, more, more spaces for community conversations throughout Washington State. So the Social Justice Film Festival, if you don't know, uh, currently presents new films in a two-week series each fall in Seattle. So they just finished theirs in October. Um, and uh, those events include discussions with filmmakers and notable activists, and they also do media outreach to educate the public. And then later this year, it's exciting because the Social Justice Film Festival is going to expand to, uh, again, year-round programming through that newly formed Social Justice Film Institute. And they're going to be doing um, another uh, festival in Spokane for February 2019. That's the plan. So um, it's excited for us because, of course, the Meaningful Movies Project is hoping to eventually to get a chapter open, out there. Open yeah. a chapter yeah. uh, or, or venue. We call them venues. Yeah, venues <laughs> um, out there. So that's exciting for us. And um, you know, the Social Justice Film Festival will continue to curate the films for its festivals um, while opening, you know, new distribution. Uh, channels through our venues and so that's exciting because we'll be able to they'll be able to help us with some of the curating of those great films that our venues are always looking for the other thing I just wanted to say was that um, we're lucky that the Meaningful Movies Project members um, will enjoy discounted tickets uh, during those uh, film festival events so that's exciting and then you know just I think we mentioned it earlier but I think it's worth noting again that that we have a special screening of the people versus the politicians with Fix Democracy First Mm -hmm. uh, which is going to be happening on December 6th So I'm really excited about that event um, and hoping that our listeners will attend. Um, They can find out more about, I think, that event uh, 
on the Fixed Democracy First website and also on the Meaningful Movies website and on yeah. Facebook as well. And then also, too, I want to mention that people can find out about all your film showings at MeaningfulMovies.org. I Correct. want to mention your website again. Correct. And yeah. you can look up the different um, venues, what's showing, because they alternate. They're not all at the same time. Some of you have on the weekend, some in the middle of the week. Right. They're all different times, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed yeah. that. And, and also, the um, people can subscribe to our weekly yeah, newsletter. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, that's yeah, we, good. Yeah, we put out a, approximately weekly a newsletter that shows, that identifies what the upcoming films are in the next week, two weeks or so, to give people a little advance time to plan for it. So they can um, subscribe to the newsletter via the website, and then they'll start getting that weekly newsletter. Great, great. And um, I do want to mention again, if, um, and if folks are listening and you're interested in getting a meaningful movies venue in your neighborhood, what's the they they contact you obviously, and then what's the next step? What happens? Take yeah. us through what that looks like. Yeah. Well, first of all, I would encourage them to read a lot of the information that's already there because it, it provides a lot of information that's very helpful from chapter or venues that have already started. Right. Right. Past, right. Yeah. And then um, and then um, there, there's an application, a pretty simple application that they fill out online, and that comes to me. And then at that point, I'll make contact with them. I'll, I'll call them, and then just I'll just provide more information, um, ask how many volunteers they have they think that will be working with them, because that is a key thing that we have found, that um, this is not easy to do with just one or two people. You know, I was going to ask, is it usually just one person, or is it a group of people that usually run these? The ones that, that do better, uh, because they can spread the workload, are those that have, I would say, at least five people working with them, um, because there's a lot to do. Finding the film, getting the screening rights for it, doing some publicity, um, you know, making sure you have snacks, somebody. Snacks, snacks, something based snacks are important. Yeah, somebody's got to get them. Yeah, <laughs> the equipment, yeah. doing the cleanup after the event. It's it's a lot of work. Yeah. And, maybe and facilitating the event. Is it going on? That's, making sure you're leading it, getting the speaker. Exactly. All yeah. of that stuff. And, and then, you know, some of the venues, a lot of them have a, a Facebook page. So somebody to keep that Facebook page going. So, so I just sort of, you know, talk with the person and find out, you know, what do they think? You know, do they think they have a, a good core group of people that they can work with? And sometimes they don't. It's just themselves. And so I, in, in the case of this man in Santa Barbara, um, he contacted me about a year ago. And it was only like two months ago that he contacted me again because now he has more people that yeah. have so come it's not to just him anymore. Correct. Doing it. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think that's a good point. It, it's. It, this works better if you have a group of committed people in the community right. willing yeah. to take the project on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, you meet the most amazing people, you know, uh, those that want to participate with you on this. Um, through the years, I've met just some amazing people. And, in fact, our Wallingford committee right now, uh, we have about six or seven people on it. And um, they, the, the newest person on the committee has been there for six or seven years. Mm -hmm. One of them has been there the entire time with me as well. But uh, these are people that are committed. They want to see this um, provided as a service to the community, and, and they, they feel good about it. Yeah. So, yeah. so maybe one thing to note is more and more of the venues are actually um, reaching out to the partner organizations and, and asking them to help choose the film. And so that also means that um, those partner organizations really are excited about doing some of the outreach and helping to do some of the advertising that pulls people in. So. Yeah. So talk a little bit about some of the groups that you're collaborating with. How does that all work? Well, it's important to note that 
with many of the groups that we're collaborating with, we actually ask them to help us figure out what film we're going to show. So um, they provide uh, their recommendations, and then the film committee at the venues will preview the films. That's something that's really important to most of the venues is that they actually look at every film that they're going to show. They watch um, it, obviously, all the way through the, first before, all the way they through decide. before they yeah. decide. Um, and that's that is an important uh, piece of, of the work that, yeah, th- I'm glad you mentioned that because you actually want to screen the film before you actually show it to the public to make sure it fits in with your right. your mission. Right. Right. So that's a way that you know we can work with those organizations that we're collaborating with and and talk about like you know what is it that um, is going to support the work that they're doing in the community? What what is it that's going to support um, their mission? And so. Uh, yeah, we've got, we, there's so many different organizations that we've collaborated with over the years. Um, Grandmothers Against Gun Violence. Um, Gosh, the Sierra so Club, Sierra 350 Club, Seattle, 350, yeah. 350 Everett, uh, Beavers Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, we showed a film about, it was called Leave It to Beavers, mm-hmm. um, about the engineering, uh, the necessary engineering that beavers do. And so this group, who knew? There's a group out here called Beavers Northwest. Um, gosh, Community Alliance for Global Justice. Um, um, uh, oh gosh, there's so many, so mm-hmm. many different, yes. wonderful organizations I mean, that we partnered with. Just if you named the particular topic area, then it's very likely that we would have you know, yeah. worked with. So you work with so many community organizations yeah. that are doing the work on these topics. So it's easy to bring them in and collaborate with them. And and again, and when we say we, film. it's the venue leaders. Yes, like the yeah. venues are each going out. Those leaders are going out and finding the groups that they, you know, are inviting to work with them and to show the films. Yeah, and it provides a platform for those organizations to inform the participants at that event about their organization. And we always invite the the guest organization to come in with their informational Mm -hmm. materials, with an email sign-up sheet, a volunteer sign-up sheet, that kind of thing. So it's it's definitely a symbiotic relationship. It's also a networking um, uh, event because you're networking people with organizations and with each other within the community. So I see these as networking events right. as well. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And we ask the organizations to you know, provide a list of actions that people mm-hmm. can take, which is yeah. also an important part of the work that we do. So it's not yeah. just talking about the topic. It's about getting into action yeah. and actually fix a problem or find a solution. Correct. Yeah. Right. So we're just about out of time. Um, how about a few closing words? What do you want to tell people? Last, last few words about meaningful movies. What should they take away from today? Well, I guess one thing that I have haven't mentioned yet is, you know, at, at least at the venue that I volunteer at, I would say maybe half of the volunteer, or excuse me, half of the audience is repeat, and about half of the audience comes um, because they're they've heard about that particular topic that's being shown in the film. They've heard about the film, um, so you know, as people begin to see the films and experience, you know, what that event is like with that community conversation. There's a, some people really become committed to that as a place where they can build, you know, their community of of activists, Mm -hmm. community of, you know, people who are getting involved with them and and where they can hold these hard issues together. Mm -hmm. And one word I haven't used that I know Rick used was fun. Yeah. Um, He thought it was important to also have fun. You know, like I mentioned, that that movie about with the ice cream and the drumming. I mean, I guess that's why that sticks in my mind so much, because even though this was a just a, an emotionally wrenching story, it uh, 
there was also the fun factor, having the ice cream, having the, the, the drummers there. So it's, um, it, it's a long road to see changes uh, come about. So um, you gotta accept that you're in this for the long haul and you can't get so sad and demoralized and, and whatever. You've gotta find some way to stay positive and to keep moving forward. And if there's some way to provide an opportunity for a fun factor at these events, we try to do that as well. Great, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here today and letting us all know about the Meaningful Movies Project. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Cindy. Again, I want to thank our special guests today, Diane Turner and Ann Miller from the Meaningful Movies Project. For more information about the Meaningful Movies Project and to find out about upcoming film listings, please visit MeaningfulMovies.org. For more information about other democracy efforts here in Washington State, please visit Fix Democracy First at FixDemocracyFirst.org. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for future programs, please email me at cindy at fixdemocracyfirst.org. That's C-I-N-D-Y at fixdemocracyfirst.org. You can also listen to past programs archived on our podcast page at democracy-speaks.pinecast.co. Thanks again for listening to Democracy Speaks. Join us again next week. And remember, democracy needs you just as much as you need democracy.